Hello everybody, welcome to the Above the Rim Rundown, where we run down all things NBA. I am one of your hosts for today. Uh, my name is Memo, and today I've got my co-host right here via Discord, Hoops. Hello everyone, my name is Hoops, and I am very excited to start this awesome podcast with my partner, Memo. And we're going to start out by introducing our agenda for the podcast. Yeah, so basically what we're going to be doing uh, for this very first podcast is just explaining who we are, what we do, uh, um, explaining what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, and then towards the second half, we're going to do our predictions. So we're going to go over uh, predictions for the end of the season uh, awards and even the um, the finals predictions who do we personally believe is going to win it all this year but we could before we do all that i think we should go over like who we are since this is our very first episode um most most likely no one's gonna know who we are uh somehow uh the people from my personal youtube channel uh is here then shout out to you guys i do have a youtube channel where i cover music related content as you can see i have music stuff everywhere i have a record player records over here i talk about music all the time i react to uh albums and songs i do videos about vinyl records stuff like that so if you're interested in that i'll put my links down below but yeah um uh music is not my only passion i do love basketball we both love basketball a lot uh, that's kind of how we became friends. We became friends in middle school, right? Uh, we were yep. uh, in a basketball clinic. I think that's the very first time we met. Uh, is that is that right or some other time? I think that we met by first playing some pickup basketball during lunch slash recess. Uh-huh. Actually, when we joined the basketball clinic, that's when we got a lot closer because... I think it was like only five people in the clinic. So um, you kind of have to interact with a few people that were there. So I think that was when eventually got like cl as close as we could have been or starting our true friendship. Shall yeah. we say. I think that was the start, but I think we became like, like closer, like best friends in like high school. Like I think my junior year, your Definitely. sophomore year, sometime like that. Yeah, it was, um, I believe you're right, your junior year and my sophomore year. And we became friends from not only loving basketball, but being uh, huge Lakers fans. As you can tell, we both got our Lakers hats today. Uh, yeah, I've been a Lakers fan all my life. My grandpa was a huge Lakers fan, so that's why I'm a huge Lakers fan. Is there a reason why you're like a diehard Lakers fan instead of a Clippers fan? Yeah, so um, the first NBA game I watched was actually um, the Lakers versus the Houston Rockets um, Game 5 of the 2009 NBA playoffs. Um, and we destroyed the, the Rockets in Game 5, I remember. But what really caught my interest in basketball and the Lakers, mostly because I really loved the speed of the game, 
and it was very fun and entertaining to watch. And on top of that, like seeing how good the of team ball the Lakers played, like back then with Kobe, Pau Gasol, Derek Fisher, Lamar Odom, I love Andrew that Bynum, team. and those guys. That that was a really fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And I saw just how good that team was. I'm like, man, it would be my dream if I could play in the NBA one day. And though that cle- clearly didn't happen, um, I still love to hoop. And I also love to watch basketball. And a true blessing of mine is that my first two years as a Lakers fan, I was able to witness the back-to-back championships. Yeah. And starting with the championship against Orlando in 2009, that one was really good because coming off the tough loss in 08 against the Celtics, which I did not witness because I hadn't watched basketball yet, and probably for the better good because we lost pretty uh, badly in that one. But um, the way seeing how the Lakers came back with a vengeance, especially from Kobe's killer mentality, was very inspirational because, like, um, stuff like that, being able to come back with a vengeance is super good and relatable, even outside of ba- like sports, like in real life. Um, you do bad in on one exam or you're like you have one bad day at work. It's OK. It's not the end of the world. You can bounce back the next day and things will for sure get better. So that one was very um, cool to watch. But even better was in 2010 when we got our redemption for 2008 against the very same team, the Boston Celtics. And obviously, like, we, the Lakers had to face a lot of adversity in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, being down 3-2 after losing a tough two straight tough games in Boston. And they had to win two straight, do or die. The Lakers did just that. And Game 7 especially was um, a great story of um, making sure not to quit until the very end because, like, Kobe had a pretty poor shooting game, that shooting performance that game. And um, the Lakers really did not do very good until, like, the mid-third quarter as they went down by, like, 13 points from what I recall. So then, unlikely... Um, comebacks and the unlikely um superhero in that game in um ron artest aka yeah, Man of Metal Peace, Peace. really helped really helped fulfill the lakers um comeback dreams in getting the revenge from 2010 and though kobe did not have a good shooting performance he excelled in other um aspects of the game yeah like, didn't he get like a right, crazy amount of rebounds he did. For From what I recall, guard. he was really good. Yeah, definitely. From what I recall, he was um, doing like pretty good on the rebounding, and I'm pretty sure he also played some good defense too. That was definitely a heart of a champion, and I'm glad I was able to witness um, the last championships of Kobe's career at least. Uh, because I was too young to witness the first three. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and then eventually, um, there was a lot of dark years for the Lakers in those rebuild seasons. Um, but then after that, 2018, 
LeBron James comes to the Lakers and gave us hope once again. And though the first season wasn't good, um, after we were able to trade for Anthony Davis, we won the championship in the 2019-2020 season, which was also really fun. And obviously since then, um, the Lakers have had a few tough seasons. But last year, we had a pretty good turnaround going from 2-10 and 10 to the conference finals. So I have hope that we can win one this year, hopefully, as long as we can stay healthy and we have good chemistry. I hope so. Uh, there's two things I want to mention really quickly. First of all, uh, a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you is because I know how your memory works when it comes to basketball. You are like very detailed. You know a lot about what's happened in the past, and you you just have a great memory, which I I'm not like that. I forget a lot of things, and you go into great great detail so i think uh this podcast would only work if we work together like this yeah, so uh yeah that's one thing i wanted to mention and another thing i do want to mention how like my very first memories of uh being a lakers fan was during the 2010s finals you mentioned the 2009s mine was the 2010s more specifically game seven i remember sitting in my living room in game seven watching the game uh i remember my mom was like freaking out about foul calls and stuff and i was like in the inside i wouldn't say out loud since you know immigrant mother Uh, (laughs) she uh if i said what i wanted to say she wouldn't be too happy but i remember like in my head i was like can you be quiet please i'm trying to watch the game but yeah as soon as the lakers won that game I remember uh, my grandpa calling from Guatemala. He That's where he's from. And we just celebrated together through the phone. So uh, we kind of had like a similar, uh, I guess, introduction to basketball and the Lakers by watching those uh, awesome Kobe teams going at it uh, and winning chips. But yeah, so we're both huge basketball fans, both huge Lakers fans. We're going to make sure we're not too biased, uh, but we're obviously going to be too, uh, we're going to be a little biased. Uh, not going to lie. But yeah, we met in middle school. We went to the same high school. We also went to the same community college and university. Uh, I got an associate's degree in mathematics when I was at community college and in uh, university. I switched majors a bit, and I ended up getting my bachelor's in childhood adolescent development this past spring. Um, you did not go to the same directions I did, obviously. Like we both uh, decided on a different career path. So, what were your majors? Just so the people know. Yes. Yeah. So while at the university, I majored in graphic design, and I also minored in marketing. Um. Currently, I am working in the realm of marketing and sales. Actually, in China right now for a business trip at the moment. Um, if you guys can tell um, by this hotel setting in the background, um, I pretty much within the last year, I've pretty much been like switching a few jobs as like as a recent graduate. It's 
it's kind of a transition trying to find a good fit after firstly graduating. So I, I switched a job in between and right now, um, it seems like things are starting to um, transition in the right direction. So hopefully this will be the job of right fit and I can finally be able to um, rest a little bit more knowing that I have a job that's stable. Yeah, uh, I was definitely not in your same position because uh, uh, Hoops did graduate a year before I did. So my job search wasn't as long. But yeah, currently I'm in uh, the field of education. I've been working in the education for a while, but I just started a new job uh, this year. And hopefully uh, I can keep going to school and progressing uh, so I could get better jobs. But yeah, um, I'm not in China right now. Uh, we don't have the same job. He's in China. I'm currently in California. That's We're both from SoCal. And yeah, it's kind of... This, this whole thing happened like out of nowhere. You kind of got the job like three, four weeks ago, right? Three, about to be four weeks, yeah. Kind of out of nowhere, honestly. Things didn't really come as expected, per se. I had done the job two weeks in the U.S., and then my boss already had me going abroad for a business trip. Um, I've been in China for one week so far, and going to be here for just under a month remaining, so it's definitely a stay but i think that it's a good learning experience because i haven't really gone far from home much like without my parents in general like in fact i really ha haven't even gone out of the country alone without my parents so this is definitely a first and um i think it's definitely a good learning experience both for work and trying to gain extra independence so it should be a fun ride yeah yeah uh what was i gonna say oh okay so yeah again this happened like out of nowhere we've been planning to do this podcast for a while uh the first like thoughts about having a pro podcast happened when we were both at community college we even try to uh, make a youtube channel we filmed something um, we filmed a few videos, but never really launched it. Um, and because of school and work, it's kind of hard to do that. But since we're both currently not doing school, we're just working. Uh, we thought to give it a shot and start this podcast. And, uh, this podcast, the purpose of this podcast, you might be wondering. Um, so basically it's, this podcast is called the Above the Rim Podcast. No, that's wrong, isn't it? Uh, what is it? Oh, the Above the Rim Rundown. That's the name of the podcast because we are going to run down all things NBA every week. We're going to be talking about the standings, uh, the players that have been uh, basically exploding, who've been killing it, who have not been killing it, certain uh, story headlines, uh, certain you know, news that revolves around NBA. 
uh, I think I already said standings, but standings, you know, just giving everybody a weekly update on what's going on in the NBA. Uh, and we're going to shoot for like an hour, an hour 30 each episode. I don't, I don't like super long podcasts, like three hour podcasts. I feel like is insane. That's basically like a college lecture at that point. But uh, yeah. yeah, the goal every week is just to talk about the NBA from that from the past week. The NBA is starting soon, I believe this Tuesday for me. Uh, uh, we are currently recording for, uh, I guess, my, what is it, time? Uh, what is it? Um, it just stuck midnight, I see. <laughs> yeah, it, for me, it cool. is midnight. It is so uh, October. Practically... It, it's practically Sunday for both of us now. Yeah, it's October 22nd for me midnight like it's 12.01 a.m for me uh what's the date and time for you right now it is 3.01 p.m also on sunday here for me in china yeah so the the seasons are different yeah there's a 15 hour difference it it's insane it's kind of it was hard scheduling this uh, but I'm glad we're finally getting yeah, I'm it glad done. We're able to finally do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the so again, uh, for both of us, it's October 22nd. The season starts on Tuesday, which is uh, the 23rd, no, 24th, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's coming 24th. up very soon, so we're gonna have a lot to talk about by next week. Uh, I'm hoping to make this like. Uh, this podcast go up every Monday. Uh, that's the goal. Uh, upload a, an episode every Monday, and it's not just like a video podcast on YouTube. I'm planning to. I'm trying to make it like a thing. You know, I'm trying to make it on. Uh, upload these audio podcasts on Spotify, Apple, probably other um, platforms you could listen to podcasts. We have different social medias that we're going to start making content for, uh, like TikTok, Twitter, um, Instagram. So all of that stuff is going to be linked down below if you want to check them out. But yeah, that's basically the goal of the podcast. And occasionally we're going to do like some fun episodes, like our top 10 favorite Lakers of all time or... Um, I don't know, like, what's a good, a good fun example? You, what's an episode you would like to do in the future if we have the time? Let's see. We could do um, the greatest um, players for maybe like the top 10 players per position of all time. Like we can do a top 10 point guards, top 10 shooting guards, top 10 small forwards, top 10 power forwards. Top ten centers. That's a good we can one. even do something. We can even do something like um, greatest six men in NBA history, Ooh. and potentially maybe, actually maybe we can even say like, necessarily um different players, but we could even say like for example um, 
2018 Lou, Lou Williams, 2019 Lou Williams, or like 2013 Jamal Crawford, 2015 Jamal Crawford, something like that. Mm -hmm. So that could potentially be like an option there. And then um, other stuff I'm sure we'll think of as we come along the journey. Yeah, we could also make TikToks revolving uh, around more top fun topics like that as well as we continue. Uh, but yeah, everything will be linked down below. Um, our socials, um, uh, my socials. I don't know if you want to put your socials in the description, but we could talk about that later. Um, I'm down to put it if you want it. But I think that's it for just introducing ourselves and introducing our podcast. So I think from here, we could uh, go over our very early NBA end of the year award predictions so we have several different awards that we're gonna go over uh and we're also gonna talk about who we think are gonna win the finals but yeah we're gonna start with coach of the year since i feel like that's one of the more boring awards not gonna lie so hoops who do you think is gonna win coach of the year for the 2023-2024 season so, looking at the predictions of possible candidates for Coach of the Year, um, these are some of the candidates that I put down. I put down uh, Mike Dagnall for OKC. Um, I think that the Thunder last year, they were very close to making the playoffs, but unfortunately just fell short due to a few bigger heavyweights in the conference. I think it's a year that they're going to get over the hump and they're going to get in. So I think that he's definitely an option. Another option I was thinking was um, Willie Green for the Pelicans. Um, last season, the Pelicans were the first seed when they were healthy up until early January, I believe. So that was a pretty good run. But then, unfortunately, injuries hit that team, like Zion getting hurt again and... Ingram got hurt too, I believe, and then a bunch of other guys got hurt too. So they ended up dropping a lot, unfortunately. They still were able to make the play-in, but lost. So that was unfortunate for them. But I think that if the Pelicans are able to stay healthy, um, they have the potential to um, for sure make the playoffs, and Willie Green could be a candidate for Coach of the Year. Um... Another candidate I had was Adrian Griffin for the Bucks. Now, I know that Milwaukee was already really good, so that one might be kind of hard for him to win it. But if he, per se, like is able to really impress, for example, like leading Milwaukee to like a record-breaking or like a groundbreaking record or um, something like... Um, maybe leading the league in like defense, defensive categories or like high scoring in offense. Maybe he could be an option there, especially knowing like the disappointment that they went through last year. I, although I know that it is a regular season award and not a playoffs award. I think that if he um, clearly shows uh, several signs of improvement in different categories, for the Bucks team last year, then he could be an option. 
Another option I had was Nick Nurse for Philly. As we know, um, Philly is usually that one team that is always really good in the regular season, but when it comes to playoffs, they lose in like the strangest ways possible. They're chokers. And <laughs> definitely. And a lot of the reason was due to Doc Rivers, for sure. But even before Doc Rivers, when they had Brett Brown as head coach, it seemed to be no different than what they went through with Doc. But I think that for sure, um, biggest factor is going to be Joel Embiid's health because um, he does get injured quite a lot. Aside from that, um, James Harden's his situation about wanting to be traded is definitely has the potential to being a very big distraction. Hopefully, they're able to resolve something and just move forward and stay together. And I think that if they do, Philly for for sure be at the top of the conference. But if they're gonna have like issues going into the season, and let's say Harden decides to sit out, then that's gonna be a tough barrier for the Sixers to go with. Um, but that being said, um, if they're able to overcome all of that. I think that Nick Nurse would for sure um, be a candidate to um, receive praise for getting the team through all those hard, hard times and hard situations. Um, but I also had a dark horse, and that would be um, Darko Rajakovic from Toronto, or however you say his name. Now, I don't necessarily know how good the Raptors will be this season, but if they do find a way to sneak into the playoffs, I think that he should be one of those candidates. Kind of like um, last year when Mike Brown led a very unexpected Kings team to the playoffs. If Toronto's able to do something similar, then I think that um, Darko would for sure be an option. Um, but that being said, at the end of the day, if I were to pick one coach that I think will win the award... I think that would have to be Mike Dagnall from OKC, simply due to the fact that this team hasn't been good for a long time. Um, the last time they made the playoffs was in 2019-20 when they had um, Chris Paul and the first year they traded away Westbrook and Paul George. And that team was very unexpectedly in the playoffs. Um, but, I, but the last time they were a threat was... The year before that, when they still had Paul George and Russell Westbrook on the team. Now, I think that this is the year that the OKC is eventually going to get over the hump and make the playoffs. And whether expected or not, though I think a lot of people do believe that they will make the playoffs now, I think that um, Dagnut will win the award because this team will finally make the step forward. So, uh, Memo. What is your prediction for Coach of the Year for 2023-24? Before I get into that, I do want to like quickly talk about your predictions and like the list of coaches you mentioned. Because there's a few that I definitely agree with, and then a few I don't agree with. Uh, I do think Mike is going to have a very good chance of winning the award with Chet Holgram being on the team now, and the uh, OKC were a decent team. They were pretty good. And I think with Shea being as good as he is, their young core being as good as 
they are. Chet coming in. I think they will do a lot better next year and uh, will help Mike uh, become coach of the year. I don't have faith in the Pelicans, though. Uh, they're, like, always injured. They have a few players now that are injured that won't be starting um, uh, this season. So I don't think Willie Green is going to win it. Uh, Adrian Griffin. Uh, who's he again? Who? The, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, coach. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I, usually rookie coaches don't win it. So I don't think it's he... It's rare. He, yeah, it's kind of rare. Nick Nurse, if he could pull off the miracle, because I'm like a thousand percent sure the 76ers are going to be a mess. And if he somehow yeah. is able to turn that team around, whether they trade Harden or not, not only does he deserve the coach of the year, he probably deserves a Nobel Prize, honestly, if he can help to turn things around. Uh, definitely. And then Darko, that's definitely a pretty... Like that's a dark horse pick for sure. I I don't have faith in the Raptors. I think Pascal, my bad. Uh, see Yakum. I I don't think he's very happy being there. Uh, I think they they might have a another pretty bad season, honestly. But I think Darko's gonna provide some good vibes, honestly. So we'll see, we'll see. But your choice of for. Coach of the Year, Mike, I think that's a really good pick. I think he's up there for me. He really is. Um, when it comes to Coach of the Year, I feel like they either give it to the coach that has, like, the best team. So that's why in my, like, short list, I have uh, uh, Michael Malone, Joe Mazzula, um, uh, coaches like that that are probably going to have great teams, even though they might not be the best coaches. They're most likely going to have the best teams. Um, but usually when it comes to coach of the year, it goes to the coach who, as you said, like Mike Brown, who has like the previous years, they might not be that good, but then they jump another level. So that's why in my short list, I have Jamal Mosley, who is the coach of the Magic. I think the Magic could be a playing team this year. Uh, they have pretty good, uh, pretty good young core, so I could see them, as long as they continue progressing, I could see them being in the play in and improving. Um, Mike is definitely in the conversation as we both talked about, but my dark horse pick, which I think honestly I might go with, is Quinn Snyder for the Atlanta Hawks, because the Hawks, although they That's did. They did barely make the playoffs last year. It was kind of a disappointing year for the Hawks, especially with like the the experimentation of De- Dejounte Murray and Trey Young being together. Trey Young wasn't really uh, at his best the whole season, not being as good of a shooter as he's uh, proven to be. And I think Quinn Snyder uh, helped a lot during towards like the end of last season. And I think he will continue to help them for sure. We, he's proven how great of a coach he has been when he was a coach for the Jazz. Um, offensively, I think they're going to kill it. And I think uh, Quinn Snyder has mentioned that he really wants to improve the defense for this team, which is going to be very important, especially since your biggest start is Trey Young, which is like the biggest 
defensive liability in the league. But if they focus on the defense, uh, surround Trey Young with great defenders and um, continue being a great offense, I can see them improving from last year. And I could see Quinn Snyder winning it um, if they make a huge leap. It's obviously is a prediction, so we don't know what's going to happen. But I think I will go with my dark horse pick for this one and choose Quinn Snyder as my coach of the year for this upcoming season. Uh, any thoughts on what I just said? Um, Overall, I think what you said was... um pretty good and reasonable um like i think jamal mosley is definitely a potential dark horse option kind of like darko for me because it's one of those teams where it's like probably they won't be that good but potentially they could shock some people if they are able to um one have good team chemistry and two um be able to stay healthy of course and three, depending on like the rest of the conference's health or chemistry and all that outside noise. But so I think he's a good option. Um, obviously, we both agree on Mike Dagnall because um, OKC should be able to take the step forward this year. Um, Joe Mazzula and Mike Malone are a bit of like, um, they're a bit of the less likely ones I think simply due to the fact that both teams are were already really good last season and they're both expected to be at the top of their respective conferences this year. So probably not going to happen unless they do like um, groundbreaking regular seasons. Like, for example, maybe if one of the teams could um, break 73 and 9, that'd be, that would be worth it. Yeah, that would be insane, and that would for sure be worth head coach of the year. But aside from that, I feel like because those teams are already expected to be really good, probably I wouldn't put them there. But Quinn Snyder is definitely a really good option because um, the Hawks obviously um, underachieved last year. They barely made the playoffs, but um, should have been higher seed probably think that with Quinn Snyder being able to have this team under a full training camp in the summer, they for sure should be better. So I think that's a good pick. Um, so overall, I think that your predictions were good, and I can totally see Quinn Snyder winning the Coach of the Year, potentially. Yeah, let's move on to Rookie of the Year, which I do think this class is gonna be pretty good that's my guess i feel like there's a lot of good players like scoot uh the thompson twins shout out to jaime hawkes i think he's gonna be great for the heat he's definitely gonna get some playing time uh since their roster is not as good as last year and they're kind of aging and he came at ucla he came from ucla he's latino so shout out to him i i love Definitely. seeing that representation but for me personally, I think it's a two-man race. It's going to be a two-man race. And it's going to be against the the Twin Towers, I guess. Uh, Wemby and Chet. I think they're going to be the ones that are going to be fighting for the Rookie of the Year. But for me personally, I, 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 I'm a sucker for those highlights. I'm going with Wemby 
uh, like his highlights from preseason is insane. We were just talking about uh, what he did against the Warriors, how he like blocked Clay's three point attempt, got the ball on the fast break. He paused to let Clay go by. He gave like a good like three seconds before he actually dunked it before like uh, the other defender would come in. He basically made the Warriors look stupid and the Warriors aren't the only victims either. There was like that crazy play where he was able to grab a steal even though from like the free throw line even though he was basically by the three point line. Like that man is so long, so agile. He's fast. He's a great defender. He's already proven that already. He's blocking crazy shots. And he's you know, he's a center. He's like seven foot four, but he plays like a guard. His dribbling skills are insane. Uh, again, super fast. He, uh, the way he def- he could honestly defend guards as well, not just big men. So I honestly think Wemby's gonna be um, rookie of the year. Uh, definitely a very safe vanilla choice. But I can't. Uh, I can't just. I kind of have to at this point. He's already insane. But, of course, we have a whole season to look at. Uh, But, yeah. uh, Who do you think is going to be Rookie of the Year? Yeah, so definitely a lot of good candidates out there. I think that um, Wemby would be the safe pick because he was number one. A lot of highlight plays and very exciting young talent to watch. Um, of course, Chet is also officially entering his rookie year because he wasn't able to play last year due to that unfortunate injury uh, during that pickup game where uh, where he was trying to guard LeBron. Um, that being said, um, I would put Chet as a candidate for sure, but his health kind of concerns me because he's so skinny. And one may say the same thing about Wemby, which is reasonable but the fact that um chet is even skinnier and in that one play that he got injured last offseason lebron was even trying to slow down a little bit because he didn't want to get him injured i can only imagine if he tried guarding like for example Giannis on a fast break dunk that could completely go wrong if he's like trying to draw a charge that being said I hope he doesn't do that just for his personal safety uh, because first off he needs to uh, bulk up a bit because that body is going to be tough to last in the league for that long. Like obviously we know like Kevin Durant when he joined the league he was also really skinny. He still is but he did bulk up a bit to the point where um, he's able to at least still play some decent defense and Obviously, his offense is so elite that it really doesn't matter how skinny he is. So if um, Chet is able to come up with some um, like special tricks up his sleeve, like KD is able to, then that would be really great. But in the meantime, his, um, his slenderness does concern me. So I just don't know how many games he'll last or if I can actually put him as Rookie of the Year. So I probably would have to move past Chet. But moving forward, I do think that Scoot Henderson is definitely a good option. Like, 
I heard that some people were arguing that maybe he should have been number one over Wemby, which I don't know if true per se, but like he does look like he would be really good. So I don't necessarily uh, blame the people, especially knowing like maybe people were concerned about Wemby's um, very uh, slenderness, size, kind of like Chet's situation. Maybe that's the reason why they were more um, sold on Scoot. But um, overall, I think Scoot is definitely a good option to potentially winning Rookie of the Year. I think that Brandon Miller is an option too. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the Hornets when they took him over Scoot because I think that Scoot will be better. But um, I think that he definitely will still be a really good player. And it's possible that he could win um, the Rookie of the Year if he really impresses the entire league. But I also have a Dark Horse pick. And I don't necessarily know how likely it will be. But I do think that Grady Dick will be doing some pretty good things for the Raptors. Like, obviously, he's a really good shooter. Um, and... I think that he will be a nice add to that team, especially after losing some key pieces like Fred Van Vliet in free agency and kind of looking like they're possibly going in a rebuilding direction. I think that he's a nice add to um, the future if they're trying to get younger. Um, but that being said, at the end of the day, I think it's hard not to pick Wemby as the Rookie of the Year candidate simply due to his explosiveness for making big plays, his great defense, and even um, how fun of a player he is to watch with all those highlight reels. I just think that it's hard not to pick him, although it is the safe pick. I do believe that it is the right pick. Yeah, I guess we both agree that Wemby is most likely going to win it. I like the shout out to Grady Dick. Excuse me. Um, who knows if he's going to be good on the court, but definitely off the court, he's going to be a vital vibes guy. He's a very, he's he's a goofball. He really is. He's very memeable. He's a funny guy. He, I was just telling you that he was in the new Adonis Graham music video, Drake's son. He was in Drake's, Drake's son's music video, which, just yeah, wild. So if he's not Especially knowing he's only six years old, like dang, yeah. he's already in the music <laughs> video for a six year old song. <laughs> it's crazy. Not gonna lie. I think the song is trash. But he is six. He is six, so I'll cool it. Uh <laughs> but yeah. I still need to give it a listen, but not really expecting much from a six year old <laughs> soundtrack. Um, at least we get to see some comedy with Grady making a special appearance. Yeah, so, yeah, although he's not going to be my rookie of the year, he might be my goofball of the year. So, shout out to Grady. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to sixth man of the year. Who do you think is going to win sixth man of the year? So, there's definitely a lot of good options for sixth man of the year, many of which could have won it last year to start. I think that Bobby Portis is a good option. And um, arguably speaking, maybe he should have won last year. Um, another option 
to is potentially uh, Malik Monk, which uh, won it all last won it last year, didn't he? No, it mistaken? was Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon won it last year. Oh, right, that's correct. Yeah, but Malik Monk was really close last year, mm-hmm. and even the previous year, well, he wasn't necessarily the six man of the year um, candidate. He obviously we know that was his breakout year when he was on the of the Lakers team that um disappointed unfortunately but he was one of the bright spots on that team eventually he was signed by sacramento got a pretty nice role there too and proved himself to be a vital piece for that young team so i think he's an option to win it this year um another option i have is emmanuel quickly from the knicks uh he's proven to be a very good young piece for that team and I think that he had a pretty good season last year and can only get better at this point. So I would put him as an option. Another option I have that is a little bit unpredictable depending on if he gets traded to another team or um, like if he, even if he starts would be uh, Norman Powell. Now, obviously, we've heard the rumors about the Clippers potentially trying to trade for James Harden. And if so, probably Norman Powell would then be sent to Philly or maybe another team if they pull off a three-team trade. But that's where the unpredictableness would come in because we don't know if his role will change with another team if he does get traded. However, if he is still remaining with the Clippers, I think he's shown that he's a really good player in his role and has proven to be very important for that team so for now i'm gonna say if norman powell does stay on the clippers or gets put in a similar situation on another team he's definitely a candidate for six man of the year as well but at the end of the day if i were to pick one candidate to win the award i think i'm gonna pick Bobby Portis just because I feel like he was so close last season and he's proven to be so vital for this team for the last few years uh, dating back to his first season with the team when they won the championship in 2021 I think that for sure um he it's long overdue for him to win this award um it was kind of tough for me picking between him and Malik Monk but ultimately, I just picked Portis because I feel like um, it's time for him, especially being such a vital piece for this team and very close last season. I think he will finally get over the hump and win the award this year. So, um, Memo, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think um, you named like, the right players. Uh, they were all on my short list. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think Emmanuel quickly is gonna do amazing things for the Knicks off the bench. Uh, he did so last year. I can see him doing it again. Um, Bobby Portis always kills it off the bench for Milwaukee. Uh, he's pretty consistent. He averages like fourteen and ten off the bench. Like, there's starting centers that don't even average like ten rebounds and. He's doing it off the bench, which I think is very impressive. Uh, and I kind of wanted to go with Bobby, but uh, due to like the history of the award, it usually doesn't go to like 
a big man. It's usually a an award for like right. guards, right? And like smart plug guards who can score a bunch off the bench. Uh, and that's not that's not really Bobby's game. Uh, even though I kind of I I do want him to win. I think Malik Monk is gonna have the best case uh, to win it. Um, he was awesome off the bench for the Kings last year, especially during the playoffs. Even though they did lose in the first round, he it was because of Malik Monk. I think he uh, went all out for them. So, uh, although I kind of want to go with Bobby, I think I'm gonna go with Malik Monk for this award. Honestly, I can't be mad at that because I was pretty back and forth between the two. So I think that um, it's very possible Malik Monk will win it also. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if we don't have anything else to talk about for that, we can move on to most improved player of the year, um, which is very tough to predict, I think. But who who do you think is going to win most improved player of the year? Yeah, so for most improved player of the year, I think there's a lot of good candidates out there to choose from. So it, it I like you said, it's tough to pick one, but um candidate I have is Austin Reeves. Um as a Lakers fan or as Lakers fans, both of us, we know um how good of a player he is, how big important he is to our team. Um He's practically um, the, the third star on the team. And he does, like, a lot of good plays and hustle plays for this team. Now, he did really good last season. And one could argue, like, what more can you ask from him? <laughs> what more do you want from Austin Reeves? Um, honestly, though, like... He has room to get better because he's so young. So I would not be shocked if he gets even better to the point where, um, like, he does groundbreaking numbers that he could be the crunch time option. And last year he was a few games. Like, I remember um, the one game against Orlando when uh, LeBron and AD were both out. He scored, like, the last... 15 points for the team I believe to help the Lakers win the game that was one of the classic examples of an Oster Reeves masterpiece where he proved that he is capable of leading a team when when needed if possible and on top of that in the playoffs he was really good um, against Memphis against the Warriors even against Denver even though the Lakers overall disappointed I thought he played pretty good so I think that Austin Reeves is for sure a good option to potentially win Most Improved Player of the Year. Another one is um, Mikael Bridges. Now, he um, went off last season after he got traded away from Phoenix to Brooklyn as he's now one of the top options on that Nets team. And that's the reason why I put him as an option here. Because now that he's going to be like practically one of the number one options for a, an, an entire season, um, I think that he's going to make a lot of noise and prove to be a valid option for this award. And 
obviously like you want to um, take into account several factors like for example maybe how the Nets want to run the offense the deep or like the gaming schemes or like Mikhail Bridges um, availability now I think his availability is the least of concerns because if you guys didn't know already, Mikael Bridges hasn't missed a single game in his NBA career. Um, and last season, I think that technically he even played 83 games in the regular season he because did. the Suns had played more games than the the Nets. So that was pretty cool of him there. Um, so he's the definition of um, Iron Man. So like I know AC Green's nickname back in the day. Um, that would be um, the modern day AC Green in terms of availability would have to be Mikael Bridges. So I think that he's definitely a good option for winning this award. The candidate I have is Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think that especially if, depending on the Harden situation, if James Harden is going to miss a lot of games, that's a great opportunity for Maxi to step up and have more touches and a bigger role for this team. And he already does play a really big role for Philly and is a really good player. But with Harden potentially being off the floor, I can only imagine things being even better. And that's why I have him as an option, potentially for um, helping this team um, get to the next level. The next option I have is Cade Cunningham. Now we all know that he missed like the entire season last year and due to the unfortunate injury he came he accustomed and that's why I think that he's an option here because by not even playing a single game he can only go up from here in my opinion. Now I do know like the previous season he was really good um, having in his rookie year when he was available. And I think he was bound to have a really good sophomore year last season had he not gotten hurt. But this year, I think that for sure he will um, be a candidate for um, most improved player, barring any further setbacks. If he can stay healthy, he should be really good this season. And the last candidate I have is... Alperin Shangun from the Rockets. He was really good last season and I expect and the previous season and I but even better last season of course and I expect him to only go up from here. Now I don't know if you guys have seen that one meme but I think it's pretty accurate. You know the one where they say um Jokic is Charizard, um, Sabonis is Charmeleon, and Shangun is Charmander. I think that's pretty <laughs> accurate. Um, they're all similar tiers of European big men currently in the league. And um, Shangun is definitely worthy of being in the conversation. And I think that he has a valid point of potentially being most improved. But at the end of the day, if I were to pick one winner for this award I think I'm going to go with Mikael Bridges because now that he's going to have the entire season as one of the number one players on his team I think that he's going to get become really good and as we saw last season he had like 
40 point performances and even 50 points I think if I'm not mistaken and I can totally see him repeating those performances and if he could um, bring the Nets back to the playoffs um, that would be for sure an even bigger case for him to win the award no I do know that um Actually, I was about to say something that was more for the defensive player of the year, so I'm going to stop that point. Um, so, Memo, um, who are your candidates for most improved player of the year? Yeah, I feel like we have, like, our list is kind of different. Uh, we do have one, uh, I guess, player in common, but uh, or a couple, actually. Because I don't think Mikel Bridges will win it. Uh, he was pretty good towards the end of last year. Uh, I don't think his ceiling is like super duper high. I'm sure he's gonna be an All Star, but uh, I felt like he already played like an All Star last year. I don't think he's gonna surpass that honestly. But I wouldn't be surprised if he won it. That's for sure. Tyrese Maxey is like a really good. Uh, pick uh, he's definitely in my short list because especially if James Harden does get traded he's gonna have a lot more touches he's most likely gonna be the second guy honestly uh either him or Tobias but I rather trust Maxi. so yeah same uh yeah that's a good pick I don't know about Kate Cunningham because yeah he was injured last year but due to his injury, he didn't play. So how can you, like, you you don't improve that much if you didn't even play last year, if that makes any sense. The Shagoon one is a good pick, I think. Uh, he is a really good player. Uh, Baby Jokic, I, I like that uh, Pokemon uh, comparison. I, I think that's a really good comparison. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, for my list, um, I I honestly have some weird ones. Uh, Anthony Simon's probably not a weird pick. Uh, no more Damian Lillard on the team, so I'm sure he's gonna have more touches and uh score a lot more, improve his stats. So I think he's in the short list. Uh, Jordan Poole is no longer a warrior. He doesn't have to worry about Draymond punching him in the face anymore. He can go ball out. Uh, in front of some baddies and score 40 one day or uh, just recently what he just did he he recently scored 40 on one game and then the very next game he scored like seven on like horrendous efficiency I think he went two for 15 uh, so he's not gonna be my pick but I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a finalist I have Anthony Edwards in my shortlist but the more I think about it, it's kind of like a, a Mikel Bridges situation where, like, he, he was an all-star last year. I don't see him uh, surpassing that all-star ceiling. I don't think he's going to be, like, MVP level, even though a lot of people do believe so um, for some reason. But who I believe is going to be uh, most improved player this upcoming season, uh, my Lakers bias is gonna come in because i'm choosing austin reeves uh yeah he he's for the regular season i believe he averaged 13 but when it came to the playoffs those numbers improved a lot going basically around the 20 mark 
And although he might not, I, I actually I do kind of believe that he could score around twenty, uh, an average twenty this upcoming season, which would be a huge gap from thirteen to twenty, and it'd be uh very impressive, uh, doing so with Anthony Davis on the team with LeBron on the team, somehow scoring and averaging twenty a game, would uh with those two legends on the team would be very impressive and other scores like Rui Hachimura on the team as well um so I think not only he's gonna uh score more points every game but he's a very efficient guy as well I think he's gonna continue being very efficient he's proven that in the playoffs uh, in the FIBA tournament he was one of the few highlights from uh the fourth place finish this past uh, summer. So uh, call me biased. But I think Austin Reeves is going to be the most improved player of the year. Yeah. Honestly I can't be mad at that. Because I think that he's definitely going to get better. And he has a worthy um, worthy um, point for potentially winning the most improved player. So honestly... Not a bad pick at all. Um, and as a Lakers fan, I would love for him to win that award too. So I think that that's a very possible option and should be fun to watch. Yeah, Hillbilly Kobe for most improved player. Let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. Now let's talk about clutch play of the clutch play of the year, which is a very new award. They just. Uh, gave the first ever award to De'Aaron Fox last season. Who do you think is going to win this award this season? So, there are definitely some good options out there to choose from. First option, I think, will be Luka. Um, Luka Magic, obviously, he's had some very clutch game winners in the past. Um, and one of the most fun young players to watch in the league. So I think that he's definitely worth the conversation. Another one is Dame. Now we all know Damian Lillard has been one of the clutchest players in the NBA for the recent history, dating back to um, all those, uh, like for example, his playoff buzzer beaters in 2014 against Houston when he sent the Rockets home to win of Blazers' first playoff series in however long that was. And then again in 2019 when he sent home the... Uh, we're having technical difficulties. I think we're good. We're good now. Uh, you were talking about how he okay. sent Paul George and the OKC Thunder to uh, Cancun, right? He, uh, uh, with that yeah. buzzer beater. And then, of course, um, Dame also made a lot of other... Um, clutch game winners which I can't really remember all of them off the top of my head but uh, point blank is that Dame has been a very clutch player um, one of my other options that I thought was maybe a little bit of a more sleeper pick but still possible is um, SGA Shea Gildas Alexander he's proven to be a pretty clutch player too in recent years and I think that with this young OKC team 
it's possible they're going to be in a lot of close games. So there's also going to be a lot of op uh, potential um, opportunities for him to make clutch game-winning shots. At the end of the day, I think that I will probably go with um, Luca, just because um, he has been making some really crazy shots in the past and um, also has been um, very, I, I guess like he's made some crazy game winners in the past and potentially with this team, he'll be putting the team on his back a lot in clutch end game situations. I had a bit of a hard time picking between him and Dame, but ultimately I just went with Luka because I feel like potentially they're going to be in close, more close game situations than the Bucks, since the Bucks will probably be better. So I feel like um, that would be why I pick my Luka as my pick for clutch player of the year. Any thoughts, Memo? Uh, yeah, I basically agree with this list of players. I think they're all going to be contenders for this award. Um, uh, yeah, I think you're pretty spot on on all of them. At first, I was actually going to go with Jimmy Butler as my pick because of like how he plays during the playoffs. He's usually the one that's trying the best to win the game. He's always there for clutch situations. And he, uh, you know, a lot of times desperately uh, carries his team to victories. But that's usually during the playoffs. Uh, he doesn't, during the regular season, the heat is not that fiery. It's a dim light. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously last year, um, they made history by making the finals as an ace seed, um, which is was very impressive. But it also did prove the point about the Heat not really being that impressive or fiery in the regular season. And obviously the previous season, ironically, they were really good in the regular season when they had the first seed in 2022. But then they disappointed in the playoffs that year, ironically. So yeah, as you mentioned, um, the Heat is one of the teams that you don't necessarily expect as much from in the regular season. But come playoff time, that's when Clutch Jimmy comes on. But um, continue your point. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... This upcoming season, I don't think that he are going to do that well. Honestly, they lost some key pieces. They didn't improve that much. They're just getting older. So, although we shouldn't be doubting a Jimmy Butler team, I'm going to doubt this Jimmy Butler team. I don't think that he are going to do that well this upcoming season. Uh, but going back to the topic of clutch play of the year, uh, I was basically in the same boat as you. I was choosing between Dame and Luca, and I think I'm gonna go with Damian Lillard. I think Luca is very clutch. He's had some incredible moments just this past year, but with the addition of Kyrie Irving, I could see him taking some final shots as well. Uh, um, so combine that with the fact that. Damian Lillard will most likely have the ball for crunch time moments for Milwaukee, even though obviously Giannis is the best player on the team. I think uh, Dame is the uh, more clutch player. So I think he will have the ball more 
in um, fourth quarter situations. Froze for a second. Oh, you're good. You're good. And yeah, that's why I think for me personally, I will go with Damian Lillard as the clutch player of the year. Not bad. A good pick. Thank you. Uh, we can move on to defensive player of the year. Uh, who do you think is going to win defensive player of the year? I think that there's definitely a few good options for defensive player of the year. And the first one I have is Drew Holiday, who I believe had a, a very good, um, like, arguably could have won it last year. Now, this guy, he's proven to be a really good the perimeter defender throughout the recent years and for pre- pretty much his entire career. Now that he's on the Celtics, um, he's practically taking over Marcus Smart's old role. Um, and it's I'm sure that Milwaukee is definitely not happy because they traded him to Portland to get Dame which is definitely an upgrade overall. But then they do lose um, defensive presence, which is obviously unfortunate. But on top of that, they have to see him at the end, ending up on a rival team in the Eastern Conference that's arguably their biggest threat. It's got to hurt for sure. So, And then obviously, as a Lakers fan, I didn't like seeing that because... It would have been my dream if the Lakers could have traded for Drew Holiday, even though I know we would have had to give up a lot. And seeing him go to Boston for sure hurt. But um, unfortunately, I will have to say that for Boston, that was a pretty big ad. So because the Celtics got a pretty big ad in Porzingis, but then they also lost Marcus Smart, which was a pretty big loss there. But afterwards, they pretty much made up for the smart loss by getting Drew Holiday, who I would even argue is an upgrade. So that was a pretty big ad for the Celtics, and I think that they for sure got better by a pretty good amount from a team that was already really good. Um, So that being said, I think Drew has a very big um, point in potentially winning the Defensive Player of the Year. My second option would be Evan Mobley. Um, now, he was pretty close to winning it last year, I think. And he's obviously a pretty good shot blocker. So I think that he is naturally up there as one of the top options to potentially win this award. Uh, I don't know if he per se will win it because of all those other good defenders. But I think not mentioning him as an option... Um, would be hard so I'll put him as one of my options the next option I have is Mikel Bridges Mikel Bridges is a really good perimeter defender and kind of similar to Drew's situation he was one of the leaders in um, steals I'm pretty sure and he has proven to be a very vital piece especially for those Suns teams and on top of that we saw how big of a dip the Suns went when they lost him because of how good he is on defense and how limited they were once they traded for Kevin Durant and the rest of the team that they had. They didn't have a lot of depth. So that shows how good of a defender Mikhail Bridges is. So that's why I put him as an option here. But lastly, 
I think that there's a sleeper option. And we all know how good of a player he is when he is healthy. But unfortunately, that has been the issue as of late. But that player that I'm going to give an honorable mention to would be Anthony Davis. Now, if Anthony Davis is able to um, play the 65 games minimum to win awards, I think that he for sure has to be one of the top picks to winning Defensive Player of the Year. With that being said, at the end of the day, if I were to pick one winner for Defensive Player of the Year, I think I will go with... um, I'll go with Drew Holiday. Simply because I think that he was so close to winning it these last few years that it's time for him to finally win it all or win it this time. Think about Defensive Player of the Year. A lot of the times you think about the flashier players who are like shot blockers or big names, stuff like that. I think that a player like Drew has proven to be so valuable to his respective teams success that this is time for him to finally win the award so memo what what do you think any thoughts on that or who's your pick or yeah i agree with a lot of your picks i think it'll be like a three-man race uh i think mobley is going to be in the conversation and will be in the conversation for years to come uh, and i definitely wouldn't be surprised if he wins it this year even though he's so young i think he has the talent to win it. Um, I think Drew Holiday has a good chance of winning it if the Boston Celtics uh, remains one of the best defensive teams, which I honestly think they will. They already have a crazy uh, backcourt. Um, they have Drew and Derek White as uh, defending the guards. They have um, Jason Tatum and... Uh, oh my gosh, what what's his name? Brown. Uh, first save, I forgot. Jalen Brown. Brown. He's uh, they're both decent defenders as well. Christoph Porzingis will average like one or two blocks. Um, I think they're gonna be great defensively, and I think Drew Holiday will be the one running the defense and kind of like a when Marcus Smart won it because the Boston Celtics were so good at defense, he ended up winning it. I think it'll be a similar situation for drew but honestly uh your sleeper pick is my like final pick i think anthony davis will win it i am being very 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 optimistic and i think anthony davis is going to be healthy this upcoming season and if he's healthy not only will he be uh defensive player of the year or at least one of the best defenders in the uh, league but he will also be one of the best players in general, I think. So that is who I am going with for Defensive Player of the Year. Check your optimism that AD will stay healthy and win the award this year. And I definitely hope you're right, obviously, being Lakers fans. Um, but obviously, he does have a little bit of a target on his back because Jason... Um, narratives that AD has been getting injured a lot it's hard to necessarily depend on him to stay healthy but if he does I think he has a very good case in being the winner so 
I like the optimism and I like the bold pick. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we can now move on to MVP. Who will be the most valuable player of the year? Who do you think, Hoops? So I think there's several um, good options of players that would be really good this season and potentially be MVP. Um, I think the obvious ones would be like Jokic having won uh, two years in a row prior to this season, which in my opinion, I think he very likely would have won again if not for the voters' fatigue. Though Joel Embiid did play really good in the regular season, so I do give him credit. Um, I do mention regular season because we know playoffs is a different story. But um, it is a regular season award. Now, I think that Giannis is another candidate because we all know that he's also another one of the arguably greatest players in the league. And I know a lot of people have the debate between Jokic and Giannis for 1A, 1B. Uh, That being said, I think that for sure Giannis is a potential option to be picked for the number three, I'm for the MVP award in this upcoming season. I think that Jason Tatum is an option too. It's because the Celtics are arguably going to be, barring any chemistry issues or horrible injuries, they'll likely at least be a top three at worst team in the Eastern Conference. So, as we know, usually MVPs have to be on one of the top teams in the league. Um, so that's why I think that there's a very good case that Tatum will win it because his team will be very good and I'm sure he'll have a pretty good regular season. Um, but I also have a sleeper pick for MVP that's not quite as likely, but if he's able to carry his team to very high, like a very high ceiling, who knows? And that pick I'm going to make is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Now, I don't necessarily believe that OKC is going to have that high of a seed in the standings or stuff of that nature. But um, somehow, um, SGA is able to do something very groundbreaking. compared to what Westbrook did in 2017, which is... Definitely a long shot for something like that nature to happen. But if either that does happen or um, Shea is able to, Shay and Mike are able to um, shock the entire world and lead OKC to a top seed in the conference, then I could totally see um, SGA being a candidate for MVP simply due to the fact that he clearly has the capabilities. But definitely one of the bigger hot takes here. Um, At the end of the day, if I were to pick a winner, though, it's hard. But I think I'll go with Jokic just because I think that he is the top player in the league. And I think that Denver is a practically guaranteed top seed. Any thoughts, Memo? Yeah, I agree with you. I think you mentioned the right people. Maybe not SGA. I think he does have to do a lot more to be considered an MVP in the league. But mentioning Giannis and Jokic is definitely the right move. Uh, I can totally see either them, either of them winning their third MVP. 
And if I were to choose from both of them, I'd probably choose Jokic. I think he would be the one to win uh, the third MVP, especially since last year, I think he was kind of robbed. Uh, I think they, it was kind of a petty MVP for Joel Embiid since he's been uh, fighting for it for so long. They kind of just gave it to him uh, at the end, uh, mostly mostly because Jokic didn't care towards the end, and he really did. So I think that's how he won the award last year. So I could see Jokic winning this year based off of uh, being robbed last year. But honestly, I do think voter fatigue is a thing, and I think we're going to get a new MVP this season. Uh, Joel Embiid is not going back-to-back. Uh, he definitely is not. Uh, so I think this upcoming season, Jason Tatum is going to be MVP. As much as I personally do not like Jason Tatum, we've talked about this before, I don't like his game at all. Um, not only just because he's a Celtic, but I honestly think he's like one of the most boring players in the league. But I can totally see him win MVP. I think the Celtics are going to be amazing this upcoming season. He's never won the award. That's going to help him um, uh, with his chances of winning the award. And, you know, there's other players like Luka who are going to play like MVPs. But they're not going to have a team as good as the Celtics. So, um, yeah, I think Jason Tatum is going to win MVP this year. That That's my prediction. Not a bad prediction. I think that I could totally see Tatum winning the MVP. All right. We're almost done. This is the last uh, thing we're predicting. We're predicting the finals winners. Who do we think is going to win the NBA championship? Uh, And we're basically going to choose two teams, uh, one from the East, one from the West, uh, and predict which one is going to win overall and uh, go over who we believe will be the finals MVP. Uh, if that team won. So, uh, yeah. Uh, who are your finals winners? This one is definitely a tough one to predict before the season, especially knowing that you haven't really seen a lot of the teams play yet. And we don't know how um, factors are going to weigh in, like team chemistry, injuries, and stuff of that nature. I mean, of course, we have know what happened in the past when we tried to um, come up with like finals matchups in the off season that clearly never came close to fruition due to chemistry issues. Like for example, in 2021, the Lakers and Nets, both of those seasons, team seasons ended in absolute disasters while they looked great on paper. It's hard to necessarily predict things like that. If I were to come up with a prediction, um, and this one is definitely a little bit more of a bias optimism pick on my end, being a Lakers fan. But I will have to say that my predicted finals matchup is going to be the the Lakers versus the Bucks, and I have the Lakers winning that matchup. And for my finals MVP, I have LeBron James winning it. LeBron James winning his fifth championship and the Lakers winning their 18th championship to surpass the Boston Celtics for most in NBA history. 
Um, Mamo, what's your prediction? First of all, that would be a dream come true as a Lakers fan. Um, not only the Lakers finally surpassing the amount of championship totals, uh, beating the Celtics, but it'd also be cool to see LeBron James being Finals MVP, most most likely being the oldest Finals MVP. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he would be the oldest. That'd be cool to see. I think so. I, I had the Nuggets and the Bucks uh, going to the Finals, even though I think the Lakers could definitely make it to the Finals. I think the Nuggets uh, have they lost some key pieces with Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. I don't think they. Uh, did much to try to improve on their roster. Uh, but with that said, they do have like the best player in basketball. And Jamal Murray is basically an all-star. He might not have played in the all-star game, but he plays like an all-star. Uh, so I can see them going back to the finals. And that's who I have for my prediction. I have the Nuggets facing the Bucks. Uh, but I had the Bucks winning it all and Giannis being Finals MVP. I think that duo of Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo is unmatched. It's uh, it's good. It, they just mesh so well together that I think this team will turn out really good. I think they're going to uh, be able to beat the Celtics, and I think they're going to be able to beat the Nuggets as well. So I think the Bucks will win the championship this upcoming season, and I think Giannis will be Finals MVP. Any closing thoughts? I'll start out by saying um, that's a pretty good pick, honestly. I definitely had Milwaukee as a option to win it all, too. Matter of fact, I probably had them as my number two option. And then Denver definitely would have been up there, too. Like, I know... Um, it's tough to win back to back, if especially if it's not a super team like we know how like the Warriors did when they were a super team, the Lakers did when they were a super team, and the Bulls did back in the day when they were a super team. Um, obviously we know like especially for non super teams, winning back to back is tough. Mm-hmm. I think Denver is definitely capable of doing it. Um, at the end of the day, though, um, I think that um our options the lakers and the bucks are very possible options of winning it all so i think that obviously it's hard to predict these things before seeing these teams play a single game but i think that um these are good picks we made and should be a fun season coming um very soon in two days on tuesday yeah i'm very excited uh before we end things off, I think we should quickly summarize our final picks. So I can go first. Um, for Coach of the Year, I have Quinn Snyder. Rookie of the Year, I have Victor Wembayama. For Sixth Man of the Year, I have Malik Monk. For Most Improved Player of the Year, I have Austin Reeves. For Clutch Player of the Year, I have Damian Lillard. Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going with Anthony Davis. For MVP, I'm going with Jason Tatum. And for the finals winners, I think the Bucks are going to win the finals and Giannis is going to be finals MVP. Uh, do you want to summarize yours really quickly? Yes, sir. Uh, for coach of the year, I have Mike Dagnall of the Oklahoma City Thunder 
winning the coach of the year. For a rookie of the year, I have Wem Victor Wembanyama winning the rookie of the year. For sixth man of the year, I have Bobby Portis winning it. For most improved player of the year, I have Mikael Bridges winning. For clutch player of the year, I got Luka Doncic winning. For defensive player of the year, I got Drew Holiday. For MVP, I got Nikola Jokic. And for finals winner and finals MVP, I got the Lakers and LeBron James winning the finals MVP. I like how our uh, final like predictions are very different other than Wemby. I think it's interesting how that went about. But yeah, first oh, episode good. basically done. How do you feel? I think that it's going to be a fun journey to come. It's always fun talking hoops. Now that we're able to talk about it officially and make it a weekly thing, I think it's even more exciting. And it's going to be fun being able to summarize all the weekly games, um, top events, and pretty much trade rumors and everything that's going around the league. And we're going to make sure to provide as much entertaining content as possible too. for example, top players list like the point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards, centers, men and stuff of that nature. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, I think this will be very exciting. Not only will the season be exciting, but I think this uh, podcast journey will also be exciting. We're going to have a lot of content out weekly not only with this podcast, the vi- uh, the video podcast, the audio podcast, but uh, gotta try to make content on the other social medias that we'll have linked down below. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but yeah, next week we will go over the first week of the NBA. We will also talk about uh, try to rank. Um, the Western and Eastern Conference from worst to best. Uh, that's one of our goals. But I think we are done. So I appreciate everybody giving this a listen. Um, any last words that you want to say? Um, yeah. Thank you guys for watching our first episode. We're really excited to provide you guys weekly content. And... We're look, also looking forward to this NBA season. Um, if you guys like our content, please make sure to follow us on all our socials and on the video. You can give us a like, comment, and subscription. And we look forward to providing more content. Yeah, thank you everybody for watching. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.